This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? I can't say what I want to say because I'm mic'd up. Man, you guys didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, did you? You guys know I love donuts. That boy got a hundred and a hundred, don't he? 95 yards. I need five yards. Hey, the start of something special right here, man. Let's go. What's up, football world? 84 here. Let's get the show going, man. What's up, people, and welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fellas. I'm your host, Kyle August. This is episode four of the Reunion Tour. And with me, as always, my co-host, Seth McKinley. What's up, Seth? Hey, even a, a busted computer could not keep me away from this week after last week's shenanigans. Um, literally replaced the computer, so that was fun. Oh, nice. That, that yeah. sounds like you had a big week then. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Apple Store was uh, just, you know, awful. As always, yeah, that that sounds that sounds miserable. I not signing up for that. But at I'll least, it. at least it's like nicer than the DMV, <laughs> but it feels kind of the same. Yeah, I I can I can understand that. I've never heard of that comparison, but I, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> um, but uh, as as Seth mentioned, the shenanigans last week, he did tough it out through the most of the show, but cut out the end. But rejoined mobile because we were wrapping up. Uh, a, a banger of a show with our buddy John Sheps. Uh, if you missed the last couple of weeks, if you got drafts coming up, go back, check those out. Um, this is the reunion tour of the Fantasy Football Fellas. So this is episode four. We had a nice kickoff show a few weeks back with our buddy G. We did some targets and fades at the quarterback and running back position with Mike Jernigan. And then last week, we had our boy John Sheps of Toilets to Titles on as we talked targets and fades, uh, tight ends and wide receivers. On today's show, this one's titled all of the mocks because we're doing a mock draft on today's show to get you guys set for a big draft weekend. And of course a mock mock draft uh, with a topic that I've been waiting for, but without waiting any further, let's introduce this week's guest. We got another John joining the show. You know him as John McGlynn 75 on the X Twitter, whatever machine it's John McGlynn podcast listening champion. What up, John? That's right. The podcast <laughs> listening champion. And listen, I'm not good podcast. I got my own podcast, Commissioner Evaluation Show. Uh, but um, it's most people podcast a lot better than me. I do the best I can, but I'm here with the professionals today. So we'll see. I'll, I'll see how it's done. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about professionals, but man, I, I've definitely enjoyed your you. You commission a lot of leagues. We got connected uh, a few years back. I always joke around because we're buddies now. Like we hang out, you know, we hang out from time to time. We live, you know, semi close. I just remember four or five years back, I got this DM on Twitter slid right in my DMs from this guy. Hey, you live in Chicago? Uh, kind of ish. Anyone that lives within 80 square miles of the city of Chicago is from Chicago. Uh, but he wrote me into a fancy, a dynasty league and in-person draft and another one and tried to get me in a third one. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're a great commission. So, uh, definitely enjoy your show. But for the people that maybe haven't checked out the commissioner evaluation podcast, John, where can they find that? And just tell us a little bit about it. John McGlynn 75 on the X machine. That's, uh, I, I, I'm on the uh, fan tracks now with Nick Script and his P2W, uh, his P2W service also. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of go back and forth. I, um, I, I put it on his YouTube channel. 
I just have a little bit of fun. It's, it's this is my idea of I run these eight, I run these home leagues and all the stuff I do in my home leagues. I talk about my trades. I talk about people's teams. We evaluate a team at the end of every show. Just kind of see like where things are going. We just started a new home league, uh, new uh, this year, and my team was I just didn't like it at all. And it's the first time I ever started out and just like blew up my team like right away. And the season didn't even start yet. I'm already like you know what f this. Like I'm just done. Like I traded for a quarterback. So when you trade vital part of your teams to get like a base for the future, I just I said, okay, I got my quarterbacks. I'm good now. I need to start rebuilding for all the rest of the piece. I trade away like Mark Andrews and a hand, handful of other people. And, and there's nothing I could do about it at that point in time. When you lose vital pieces of your organization to trying to get your quarter, because in my in my mind, quarterbacks the most important part of a uh, super flex draft. If you don't have good quarterbacks, you're you're chasing. You're, you're always going to be behind the eight ball trying to set up your, your roster. So me, I always go after the quarterbacks first. I get that settled, try and get a good tight end later, which I kind of punted on that situation right now, but there's a lot of good tight ends coming down the, the pipeline. Now, if you're in a Debbie, you, you know, you know, there's a lot of good, you know, just this year alone, there's a lot of good tight ends. Next year's a couple coming out also. So I, I could, uh, I could think I could rebuild. I had a lot of Antonio Gibson's, a lot of like fan favorites, as far as I'm concerned on my team, everybody knows my love for Antonio Gibson. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> I kind of had to say, you know what, let's get rid of these guys. And I just like that are never going to be, you know, they might have one season possibly of like top tier producing, but it's, it's kind of me just crossing my fingers and hoping for more than a reality. So I just said, hey, I got my quarterbacks. I'll start from scratch. Got a bunch of, got a couple first round draft picks, a couple second, a couple third round picks next couple of years. So I'm, I'm in rebuild mode for a while and it's, it's not a super expensive league. So I can, I can, I can swallow that for a while while I'm rebuilding, but other than that, man, it's just that's what my show is based around. My home leagues, all the side talk about every week about injuries, about waiver wires during the season and the off season. We evaluate teams. We talk about off, you know, the draft and a bunch of other things like that that go on in the non scoring, non point scoring season of the uh, fantasy football league. And that's it. We just try to stay busy. It's my favorite hobby in the world. I don't fish or hunt, so I I talk to a bunch of nerds like me about and you guys. About fantasy football. <laughs> Hey man, we, we appreciate it. It's definitely been uh, fun being in a league with you. Like I said, now I'm in two. You wrote me into another one. And uh, I always love making a trade and then going and listening to John's show and just listen to him bash the crap out of me. You know, so that's a tradition unlike any other. Uh, but um, what do you mean, unlike any other? We do that in, in all the leagues that you're in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I win from time to time, just not enough for my liking. And, you know, that puts a target on my back, I feel like. But. Uh, so Seth, you and I got a big, big league coming up this weekend, a big draft, uh, keeper league. So, uh, we still got some redrafts kicking around here. You got any other drafts coming down the pipe as we're about two weeks out from the kickoff? Yeah, I got a very, very, very casual league that I co-run, uh, a team with my dad and it's a bunch of guys his age. Um, so they they insist on staying on CBS and paying for all the things that Sleeper <laughs> gives for free. Um, I've tried to get them to switch. Maybe next year we'll see. So that's annoying. But it, that's yeah. a league that still doesn't have decimal scoring, right? Or did you get that in, in installed nope. finally? Nope. No decimal scoring. It's um uh, it is it is Stone Age level stuff so i mean at some some point you just have to say okay i'm just going to take this as a challenge instead of being indignant because of you know my nerdiness around well that's not the right way i was gonna say commit i saw commission mcglynn over there just eyes roll through the back of his head after he heard just a simple 
<laughs> Kyle's, Kyle's, probably, Kyle's probably like, yes, no scoring at all. This is the best league ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's no PPR either. Yeah. It's all standard. Uh, but I have another league that's uh, an auction league uh, that will be right before the, the season starts. That that one's always a good time. Awesome. Good deal, man. Yeah, I got a, I have a live auction coming up uh, in a couple weeks. I tried to wrangle you two, one, uh, one of you two Jamokes to come be the auctioneer, but, you know, you got... You know, maybe they'll do it in the middle of a Thursday. We're taking we're taking the day off. You know, it's gonna be good times. But anyway, uh, how about you? you tell again? me this now. You got you got any drafts? Uh, you got any redraft leagues still? Oh, you're muted, man. Oh yes, I have I have a couple of redrafts. I got one yeah. coming up next week with all these. It's called the Chicago Media League. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob was Rob Waziak puts it together. It's Andy Barons, Pat Fitzmorris. Uh, you know, John Daigle, all them guys like that. We meet up north. I have to invade the north side for a for a draft to go up there, kind of meet in person. It's a couple years into it now. It's a good time. It's uh, and I, I have one that I have my my wife and her friends, a couple of our neighbors get in there, and it's it's a joke because it's we don't even draft. We just have randomized where we just everybody gets whoever. It's an auto pick draft, and then nobody trades with me at all. I, I try to put trades out and they're like, no, we know you're going to win this trade. You know, we, you know, something we don't know. So they trade mm-hmm. with you, all your lawns, rub it in my face. And they trade like a kicker for like, you know, like Cooper cup or something like that. And I like, come on, man. Like, like, I know what's going, cool. it's a free league. I don't really <laughs> it's care. It's the worst. Yeah, it's like, so that, and then I try trading, like just, I mean, I will put like my defense, like the, the worst defense in the league for like, Tyreek Hill, like I'm giving away Tyreek Hill for defense just to see what they say, and uh, they reject it anyway. Just I just test them out to see if they like want just catch me off guard on a bad trade or something, and they still deny it. You know, it's like come on. So I just sit back and I, I they want me to set it up and run everything and that kind of stuff, and just you know make fun of me the whole time. And it's that's what I'm used to in every league anyway. So that's, that's kind of how it works. The more you know, even for the you know for the more casual players or even novice players out there, you know it's it's still fun to see people get into it. So. You know, we have all these other leagues that are, you know, got sharks all over the place. So it's good to have, I guess, you know, a few more laid back leagues here and there. And that's uh, a that's a hell of a segue from myself to myself, um, because we're going to be doing a mock draft. This is like this is exactly what I talk about with people that are super in a dynasty. Like when you are doing your work league or your friends league or what have you. Right. People know that you're crazy because you're listening to this podcast for one. So I'm sure the word's gotten out. Um, but you want to win that league too, right? Everyone's gunning for you because you're the, you're the shark in that league. So what we're doing today is we're going to be doing a, a half PPR, one QB, no tight end premium, just your regular go out there and kick all your work friends asses league. Um, so the three of us all have our own teams in this. We're going to be running through this mock draft live, walking you through our decisions as we move through this thing. Uh, so let's just dive right into it. This thing's going to be 15 rounds. It's one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex, and one tight end as the starting roster. So we'll go ahead and get this thing up on the screen for those of you watching on YouTubes, but I will be walking you guys through it here um, as we start the draft. So there we go, and it's worked, so that's good. Seth, you got the 102, and Justin Jefferson came off the board. So what are you thinking here from the two slot? Uh, I We got to pick where we went in the order here, and I chose the two spot because I am a coward. Uh, because I don't want the responsibility of taking the 101. Uh, no, but uh, I do. I I always prefer not to be the 101 because it's it as close to the end as possible. Actually, because I feel you get more value closer to the turn. Um, but you 
what you do get on the front end of a draft in the first round is a shot at one of those uh, difference-making running backs, which is exactly what I'm going to be going for here. The tricky part is because it's half PPR, there's not a clear distinction of which running back I would go with. Because if it was a standard scoring league or uh, non-PPR league, whatever the official title is God now. scoring. Is what God, we're yes. <laughs> the only correct scoring. Uh, it, uh, it would be Nick Chubb far and away because he is the best running back in the NFL right now in terms Dang. of pure in terms of pure running ability. Um, but because it's half PPR, you got to think about that as well. And he's, you know, maybe he gets more because Kareem Hunt isn't there, but somehow I doubt it. Um, so I'm going to go uh, a little bit risky-ish here and take Christian McCaffrey. Um, I say risky because of the concerns with injury, but you got to you got to take some risk at that point in the draft so all right so cmc off the board he was actually the only running back taken before my pick at the 106 which was kind of crazy cuz i intentionally took the 106 because i was going to go travis kelsey i figured that that was the spot where the uh where he was obvious to pick and i just wanted to see what a tight end early strategy looked like but uh it was jefferson cmc to seth then jamar chase travis kelsey at the 4 cooper cup and then i'm sitting here at the 106 and I think it's pretty easily Austin Eckler for me. He's a touchdown machine, catches a lot of passes, even in half PPR, that's valuable. Um, and in my opinion, he's the 103. So to get him at the 106, you just count your blessings and off you go. Yep. Uh, to wrap up the first round, as uh, we head to John, who's on the bookend at the 112, uh, after Eckler was Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Bijan Robinson. He will be in the first round of your drafts. If you're just waking up to redraft, it's going to happen. Don't worry. Uh, the redraft world is just as nuts about the rookie running back as the dynasty world. And then Nick Chubb, the RB1 in all the football, according to Seth, goes at the 111. So, McGlynn, over to you, man. You have the 112 and the 201 here on the turn. Uh, what are you thinking as we get this thing started? Uh, this is – I know I really – I, I kind of really want to go Saquon Barkley here, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not going to have a, a top-tier running back if I don't. So – just on this turn, I think the best situation to be in would be take the best available running back and best available wide receiver because I'm not going to have a, a pick. This is not third round reversal, right? Correct. No, it is okay. not. Okay. Yeah. It's half PPR and no third round, third round reversal. So I'm going to, I got to do what I got to do here. So I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. I believe he's the best running back that's still on the board now. So that's, it is what it is. And then uh, one of my favorite receivers in this league is on a high powered, well, as, as, Kyle would know a high-powered offense. CeeDee Lamb here is <laughs> another guy. And he's on almost all my teams. I, I, I love that. And he's got a little more competition this year for targets. With uh, uh, I, I, I honestly like – I like the whole uh, Cowboys roster as a whole. There's there's so many people on there. Brandon Cooks, uh, Michael Gallup, I think he's going to have a pretty good year this year. Like the whole team itself is just kind of a high-powered offense. I'm worried about the head coach coming in, like slowing down a little bit, but at the same time, I think CeeDee Lamb's going to get his, so I'll uh, I'll take CeeDee Lamb here. All right, that's a good way to start it. I like it. You got Barkley and Lamb there on the turn. So uh, the next few picks before it gets to me as the, at the middle of the second round were Amon Ross St. Brown, Derek Henry, Patrick Mahomes went to the auto draft here as the fourth pick in the second round, Garrett Wilson, and then Jonathan Taylor. 
obviously a lot of news to come out here. So if you're drafting this weekend, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a risky pick maybe to take it, depending on when you're listening to this, when the news breaks. Maybe if it's close to the season, we know. But a lot of question marks right now around Jonathan Taylor. So I'm here, sitting here at the 207. I started with Austin Eckler. Um, and to me, uh, the the running backs that are available, Josh Jacobs, if he was in camp, he'd be a smash for me. Um, Tony Pollard is the next guy. Those two are pretty uh, clearly at the top of my list. Um, and as you look, toggle over to wide receivers, Devontae Adams is sitting there at the top of the board. So really, my question is, do I go with a, a running back to go two RBs in a row or Devontae Adams, King Money, clearly uh, the class of the field of, of who's left? Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my shot. I'm gonna go with Tony Pollard. Um, I think that it's a it's a risky pick, but there's a ton of upside in that offense. Uh, they have not added anything to that team as far as the backups. So I think he's gonna get the lion's share of the workload. Hopefully, he can stay as efficient uh, as we've seen over the last couple seasons. And uh, so I take Tony Pollard in the middle of the second round. Heading over to Seth, I went King Money Devontae Adams right after me. Jalen Hurts in the second round. Then Josh Jacobs right before Seth sitting at the uh, 211. So Seth, who are you looking for here to pair with McCaffrey? Yeah, it it's, this is why I hate the front of the draft because it really feels after Jacobs, Pollard and Adams, there's a big tier drop in terms of overall value. Uh, you still have like Mark Andrews and Josh Allen on the board, but I just don't feel they add enough value as, overall relative to every other position to be worth taking here. Um, so there are several receivers that I could go with that all are right around the same space, but there's not that many running backs that I would trust in this position either. So I'm going to go with Travis Etienne um, and try and lock in two, uh, two big starting running backs that will be the cornerstone of my team because I can, I absolutely can get uh, more wide receiver value in the later rounds than I can running back value. Um, so off the term there, Mark Andrews and Chris Olave go off, uh, which I, I really like Olave this year. I was hoping he would come back to me, but that is okay. Um, what I'm going to do now is, um, choose between two guys and yes, that is blatantly obvious. Thank you. <laughs> I am vamping as I am trying to read. <laughs> read these two different things. Uh, no, so I'm choosing between uh, DK Metcalf and Jalen Waddle. And Metcalf, I really think, is uh, is just a outstanding wide receiver talent-wise. It's just a matter of can Geno Smith do it again. Um, and then Jalen Waddle has some injury concern, but he's also got Tyree Kill. I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the better quarterback situation and take Jalen Waddle. That's All a good right. pick. All right, so Seth goes CMC and ETN Waddle as his first three picks. And then a third quarterback comes off the board. So as I'm sitting here in the 306, um, the rest of the third-round picks started with Chris Olave. Then Seth went Jalen Waddle at the 302. Josh Allen right after him, Ramondre Stevenson, and then the rookie Jameer Gibbs comes in at the 305. So I'm sitting on the board, uh, or I'm sitting on the clock with two running backs already on my roster, uh, three 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 quarterbacks already taken Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen. So um, that's probably out of the, out of the question for me. Uh, even if I want to go a little bit early on, on quarterback, two tight ends are off the board. So really I'm looking as far as sleeper ADP right now, it's Higgins, Devonta Smith, DK Metcalf at wide receiver. Um, and at running back, you got Najee, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker. So 
what I'm gonna do here is just mix it up a little bit because usually if I was if I was gonna make this pick myself for my actual team, I'd probably go with Joe Mixon in the third round, just add a third third running back to the mix. Um, but this is also the reason why I'm probably looking to go wide receiver a little bit earlier than normal because of the running backs available, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, um, Aaron Jones. Like I kind of like the third round running backs here, and I don't really like the wide receiver options. T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, DK Metcalf. I think those guys are fine. But I just think that, you know, there's not a ton of difference between them and some of the guys we may see later on. So uh, I'm going to take a shot and I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think he's clearly the third tight end. Um, but uh, he what we saw last year was just monster numbers while he was in Minnesota. Um, I would probably do this for my own team if I was really trying this uh, in a real draft. But in a mock, I just want to see how it shakes out. So Hawkinson at the 306. A little bit of wide receiver run here after the after Hawkinson. It went T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley in the third round, and Debo Samuel one pick up in front of John McGlynn here at the three twelve. So John, you got the you got Barkley and Lamb. So you got you got both positions covered so far, and you got the turn. So who are you thinking here? I was honestly going to take T.J. Hawkinson. I figured you were going to take a receiver. And then uh, uh, you know, you saw the auto pick. Like, uh, like all right, cool. I know who I'm going to get here. So now I – Mock snipe. Then I'm like, all right. If I get to, yeah, if I do get sniped, I'll just take Devonta Smith. And then he got taken also. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, great. Here we go. I don't really want – I think I would be forced to take, like, a DK Metcalf here. I don't want to take a quarterback yet. There's plenty of, of quarterbacks left on the on the board here. I don't need to take one of the top tier guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other situation here is – we start getting into the players who are kind of role players on what there's, I know we're, we're at the end of the third round. There's plenty of talent left on, on here, but like, I really don't want Brees Hall. He's, you know, that kind of situation going on. We don't know how, how messed up his knee is what's going on with, with his touches and when it does happen. And then it, on this board here, it shows Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, but I think I'm going to have to go tight end here because just because of the situation of where everything's at, and I'm going to go with who I think is probably the top three tight end. I'm going to go with Darren Waller to start this uh, my third round, and then I get the fourth pick in a, in <clears throat> in the order here. I'm going to see what running backs are left. You had mentioned Joe Mixon before. I think he has probably the best opportunity. Maybe him and Aaron Jones are my two favorite guys left on the board. I I kind of do want to finish. There's plenty of wide receivers that I can grab later, so I'm going to I'm going to take Joe Mixon here. I think he's got the best opportunity at this at this stage in the draft. All right. Nice. So Joe Mixon to kick off the fourth round. So Seth, I'm going to prepare you now. Cause as I'm talking about my pick, I want to know, oh, no. I want to know your favorite pick uh, through the first three rounds and your least favorite pick through the first three rounds. So I'm going to give you some homework and you literally have about 60 seconds to do it. So, um, so like of the entire thing or just of mine? The, of the Cause I only have, so okay. That makes entire, more sense. Of the entire draft, Eddie, okay. all the picks in the first three rounds, I want your favorite and your least favorite. Uh, Got so, it. Um, all right, so round four, uh, McGlynn took Joe Mixon. DK Madcap comes off the board with the second pick in the fourth round. Then it goes Kenneth Walker, so a little Seattle run. Brees Hall, Lamar Jackson, uh, and then Amari Cooper right before me at the 407. So um, I, I really like Amari Cooper as a fourth-round pick personally. I mean, he had a really good year last year, kind of flew under the radar, um, and now he'll have Deshaun Watson for the entire year. So. Cooper is kind of my like point of no return. And whenever I say that out loud, I always think of that scene from back to the future three where the train little set is set up and they need to have the train at a certain, <laughs> you know, miles per hour. But anyway, uh, worse back to the future. Um, but anyway, so I'm sitting here. I went Eckler Pollard Hawkinson. 
I kind of for fun was hoping that Lamar would make it back to me just so I could go tight end quarterback. Because for me, usually if I go one, then I definitely punt the other. Um, I rarely go both of them in the first, you know, even six rounds. Um, so that's kind of off the board now. So I'm sitting here in round four with Eckler, Pollard, and Hawkinson. Uh, and I'm just going to slam the running back position again. I'm going to take Aaron Jones. I think he's in for maybe some, maybe less targets than the last few years, just because they actually do have some more talent um, overall, even though they don't have the, the peak guy like they had in Adams. But um, I still think he's going to see the line share of the workload as far as touches for the running back position. Uh, and to get him in the fourth round here, he's been consistently an RB1. So always to be is a flex-worthy guy for me, and I like that pick um, there in the mid-fourth. So um, following my pick was Joe Burrow off the board, Keenan Allen, and Terry McLaurin. Uh, may have not factored in injury here yet just because this is uh, this is auto-drafting you know, versus just off ADP right now. So, Seth, before your fourth-round pick at the 411, uh, favorite pick, least favorite pick of the first three rounds? Yeah, so um... – my favorite pick is uh, Saquon Barkley. I think getting hey. a top can for half PPR or full PPR, a top three running back at spot number twelve is outstanding. Um, which is and again, this is, that's why I like drafting near the end of a of the order. But um, so yeah, I think that's a great get there. My least favorite pick um, besides ETN. <laughs> Because I'm, I had immediate regret uh, as soon as I saw uh, that like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon were still on the list. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about those guys. Um, you could tell how many drafts I've done this this yeah, year already, right? Uh, but my least favorite overall, I think, is Mark Andrews um, at the end of the second round, and the reason for that is Travis Kelsey is the only tight end to have returned the value that you need in order to draft him in the first couple of rounds uh, over several years. And uh, and honestly, I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do it. He's 31, or is he going on 32 he's, now? I think he's 33 or something, but anyway. Yeah, like he's, he's he old. He's very, he's at 33 now. You're right. So uh, no tight end has ever gone over a thousand yards the over the age of 31 or 32 and now he's 33 mm-hmm. i don't think he can continue doing it so between andrews and kelsey i'm gonna say those are my shared worst picks so far all right well um as you're uh as you're looking for your pick here now at the 411 it's a good thing of note if you haven't drafted um much mock drafts are super helpful but also if you haven't drafted on the on a, on a certain platform and you're heading into that draft it's a great thing to do to jump into those mock drafts just to see where the players are at. Um, we're doing this mock draft on Sleeper, uh, but I have, I have a couple leagues that are on Yahoo as an example. And before I approach those drafts, I do a few mock drafts just to see what players are kind of buried down the list, just to make sure I don't lose track of them. Um, I always tell people like it's helpful to make your own rankings to go off of that. That way you kind of already set and you're prepared for your draft as opposed to making that decision on the fly and maybe seeing other things in front of your face. You know what you see on ADP or draft list or rankings on a particular site, but it's super helpful to check out your host site uh, draft room before your draft, just so you can kind of get a feel for like, Oh, I got to go hunt for this guy a little bit more um, than maybe I would have on my usual sleeper app or what have you. So, uh, all right. End of a commercial, Seth, over to you, man. You have McCaffrey, (laughs) ETN and Waddle uh, and you got a fourth round pick here. Yeah. So I, I already hate the ETN pick, so I'm just going to go, uh, 
on full tilt and uh, draft a quarterback right here. I'm going to take Justin Herbert uh, because I have, I feel like there has been several good quarterbacks off the board and normally I would not take a quarterback that early. I still think that there is value to be had in taking a quarterback later, but we're not getting the Matt Stafford from the lions in round 12 anymore. Um, people are, are wiser to that, that uh, idea and, um, the lesser ones are starting to get drafted a little bit earlier. So I'm kind of jumping on that bandwagon a little bit. And I want to see how that uh, turns out at the end of the draft here. Um, So after that though, I have a decision to make if I want to lock in uh, and make my team completely running back dependent or, uh, or try and balance it out with uh, another wide receiver because I think there is one running back that I could take here that could make me a powerhouse if things work out correctly. Uh, and that's Alvin Kamara. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take him and see what how it shakes out. But he is going to be suspended for the first few games, but I already have McCaffrey and ETN, so I don't need to worry about that. And if I can get three uh, RB1s on my roster and playing, I, I can make up the any other points I need from lesser wide receivers. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, and I'll usually, and I think that's a good thing of note right now. Obviously, we know Kamara's going to be out for three weeks. We just had Terry McLaurin get a little bit banged up in his preseason game early on Monday night. Uh, JSN also with a wrist injury. But I think, you know, those guys, maybe they're ready week one, maybe not. But I think, you know, usually I'm not really downgrading those guys too much. You know, maybe I slide them a little bit down in the tier, but I I don't move them, those kind of guys drastically because, yeah, they might miss a week or two, but you have your entire roster at your disposal. So, you know, structure your team accordingly. But if you have guys that, yeah, maybe you were counting them to be your bench, if that you have guys that are fringe enough to plug and play and kind of cover yourself uh, while having huge big time upside um, later on. And you're getting those guys at a discount more than likely because the rest of your leagues is putting them off. So com- I don't know that I'm doing that with Jonathan Taylor, full disclosure, because it's a, you're talking about a first or second. Yeah. Pick, but with like Kamara and, Mc- and McLaurin and those kind of guys, like just of note there. So, um, anyway, let's recap and on. I'll take my quick pick here in round five. So, uh, Seth took Herbert and then Damian Pierce wrapped up round four. Uh, Fields went at the 501, then Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, and Drake London. Man, this really speaks to me. Like, when I'm looking at the running backs, I really like a lot of the options Sanders, Dobbins, Akers, Madison, Connor. I love all those guys. And I already have three running backs, and I took TJ Hawkinson for an experiment here. The, the wide receivers I'm staring down are DJ Moore, Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, um, as far as the ADP goes. And I do not like those options at all. Um, this is what this is really telling me personally is like I'm probably going to look to grab at least one stud receiver earlier on because I like the running backs that I can get here in round four, round five, maybe even round six. So I'm going to take my shot on the newly acquired Chicago Bears wide receiver, DJ Moore. Hopefully he can carry some of that magic. Uh, that we saw last year. He's been productive outside of the touchdowns uh, for his first few years. Now he's paired with Justin Fields, so some question marks there. But his quarterback situation sucked last year as well. So hopefully Fields and Moore can can hit a connection early on, and he's my wide receiver one. So following Moore was Christian Watson, Miles Sanders, George Kittle as the fourth tight end off the board. Sorry. Uh, No, fifth tight end. I was right the first time. J.K. Dobbins and Trevor Lawrence uh, right before McGlynn here at the 512. So John, you got back-to-back picks. Who are you looking at? 
Trevor Lawrence just uh, – I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have took Trevor Lawrence here anyway, but it just sucks seeing him go right before me. I was looking at DJ Moore as a possibility, even though I think he's, his receptions are going to go down quite a bit this year. He'll probably only have like 80, maybe 75 receptions, I think, of this offense. But mm-hmm. he's such a good yak monster. Uh, he, he doesn't have a nose for the end zone, but he, he makes a lot of plays. gets a lot of yards after catch. And this is not – it's not – it's half PPR, so – He's not going to get peppered with targets, so it, it doesn't it doesn't sting as much to lose guys like DJ Moore here. Uh, Christian Watson, I'm not a big fan of. I, I think he's more of a, a best ball guy. Miles Sanders, I you know I think last year was his you know coming out year, but not a big fan of that. George Kittle, it's kind of beat up. Still going to get a lot of targets, but it's non tight end premium, so I really don't want to deal with that. I'm happy with Waller, Dobbins. I don't know what's going on in Baltimore. I don't, there's just too many people carrying the ball in too many people not being good at it at the same time. So I don't, I, Drake London was another guy I was kind of looking at, but again, it's half PPR. I don't think they're going to pass the ball that much. That's why I'm not going after guys like, even though I, I like Kyle Pitts, I don't, this is non PPR. So I figure that I'm not a big fan of the wide receivers that are still on the board. I, I do love Chris Godwin, but I don't think he's going to get pepper with targets. I you the same way. The offense is kind of a mess. Mike Williams, uh, that's a, a situation where they're going to pass a ton I just can't pull the trigger there. Uh, Tyler Lockett is going to start the season off really well. He's, he's been underrated. He's been a very underrated receiver for a long time. But I just want people who are going to get volume here. So I just figured I'm going to take I'm going to take guys like Alexander Madison and I'm going to take James Conner because they're going to lead the backfield across the board and in touches on their team. So, yeah, I. Really like your team so far, John. You got Barkley at a nice value there. CeeDee Lamb, obviously. Even taking Waller with, you know, your running backs in uh, in rounds four, five, and six were Mixon, Madison, and Connor. I think the running back value is really there this year in rounds four through six. Um, so I hate my team. But uh, I, was looking, I was looking down the barrel here. Like, I was kind of looking at DeAndre Swift. I don't think he's going to get – Cam Akers was one I was contemplating, but yeah. Rashad White, he doesn't run between the tackles very well. He's a good receiving back, but mm-hmm. this is half PPR. So he's got, you know, he'll probably get 40 catches this year, which is great, but I don't think he's going to get all the early down work like people are anticipating. So it's not uh, as much as Rashad in a PPR, I'd be more, much more tempted for a guy like Rashad White, but Madison and Connor, I think, are just are going to be workhorses. And I, I like, I, I just need volume at this point in time in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I, I dig it. Uh, we took So you took Connor at the 601. Following him was Akers right afterwards. Dallas Goddard off the board. DeAndre Swift. Christian Kirk, he went a little bit ahead of ADP here, um, but he goes in round six. And then Rashad White, as John mentioned, he just went one pick ahead of me. So I'm sitting here in round six with the three running backs. DJ Moore is my wide receiver one, and TJ Hawkinson is my tight end one. Um, as far as the running backs, you know, there's Dalvin Cook. I'm not, I'm not, li- I'm not living that life. Uh, Javante Williams, a little bit risky there. I don't have a lot of risk on my team so far, besides the fact that I just haven't loaded up at wide receiver. But, you know, I think usually right right about now is when I'm looking like, hey, how much risk do I have in my team? I try to not maybe spend two risky picks in the first half dozen picks there. So no one's jumping out as like supreme value, really. I like Kyle Pitts here in round six, but I already took my tight end. So I'm just going to go with a, a slow and steady wide receiver here. I'll take Chris Godwin. I agree with John. I don't think he's going to get peppered. Baker Mayfield now the starting quarterback. I do think Godwin will be the wide receiver uh, one for fantasy there in Tampa Bay, um, and they're going to be having to play catch up in a lot of games. I would I would think so as far as like that offense not producing points. So hopefully a lot of yardage in Chris Godwin's future. He's my, he is my wide receiver too. Following Godwin is Kyle Pitts, Mike Williams, and Dalvin Cook. 
uh, guys I just mentioned. So back over to Seth as he's sitting there with three wide receivers, three running backs, sorry, Jalen Waddle and Justin Herbert. Seth, what are you looking at? Yeah, uh, I saw Goddard go um, earlier this round, and I am devastated uh, <laughs> because I really like Dallas Goddard. Um, but uh, Kyle Pitts is the end of a very, very clear tier in the tight end category. Uh, so I, I now am easily punting the position. I will pick up whoever and just a stream because there's nobody worth investing uh draft capital into at this point. Um, so there are uh, there are some running backs still out there that could be good, but I've already locked in uh, the idea that I'm going to be working with those top three. So uh, I have to go with wide receiver here. Uh, fortunately, there are two wide receiver, well, more than two wide receivers that I really like here, but I'm going to start with Tyler Lockett. And Lockett is, feels like he's, you know, a billion years old, but he's only 30 and he's, he's been in the league for a long time, but he's always delivered. Uh, once he got going with Russell Wilson and came into his own, he's been a top 17 wide receiver in either form uh, scoring format uh, ever since then, including last year when he was wide receiver 13 with Geno Smith. Uh, so I think that's a really reliable uh, pick there and exactly what I need when I'm going a little bit risky at the uh, running back position here. Uh, I did want to take Ayuk and he went right uh, before me on the turn along with uh, Javante Williams. So um, I have another couple of wide receivers to look uh, through, uh, but I, because I did want Ayuk uh, uh, there. However, uh, there are still good options available and I am going to go with uh, the tried and true Mike Evans. Um, surprise, surprise. Yes. Uh, but the man, the man has never not had a thousand yard season. It's insane. That's never happened before. Uh, and people are pushing him down so far in the or getting him in the seventh round. is just mind boggling to me. I know, uh, I know Tom Brady isn't there anymore, but Evans was making thousand yard seasons with nobody's Jameis Winston was probably the best Whoa. quarterback he had before, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady came in and we all know Jameis Winston ain't that great. So, uh, I love, I was, I was hating my team. Uh, until this turn, and I love it now because I think Waddle has the upside to be a, a wide receiver one, and Lockett and Evans are really, really solid wide receiver two options, if not wide receiver one. So I'm I'm very happy with the team as it's turned out now. Yeah, I I think in this range, as far as the, the you start seeing a little bit more value when you were talking about like round five or six, like Hopkins, Judy, London, you know, even Watson fell a little bit, I think, to ADP, like. You know, Mike Williams in round six, like those guys just feel like you're just taking them because you have, you're just looking for a wide receiver. So now that we've kind of gone past that, we're getting a little bit later. I think the value is kind of there. Um, I'm sitting here in round and seven now. Um, I'm going to stop reading every single pick. We'll highlight it along the way, yeah. but um, I'm going to go, I'm really debating between, do I take my fourth running back? I James Cook is there. I kind of like, uh, you know, him and, and his upside here in round seven as my fourth running back. But the the receiver that I was kind of eyeballing was, and was even debating with my last pick is Deontay Johnson. I know he's not a 
uh, a big touchdown guy. In fact, he got none last year. But, uh, oh, what is that? Yeah, he just fell out of bed to another 140 targets. It's going to happen. So um, even in half PPR, that's valuable. So I'll take Deontay Johnson, my wide receiver three, and kind of sure that up a bit. So after starting running back, running back, tight end, running back, three wide receivers in a row, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, I feel pretty decent about that. Um, couple rookies went after me. Uh, Addison went one pick after me, JSN a couple picks later. Um, and then James Cook did come off the board one spot ahead of McGlynn. But he's pretty set at the running back position as he's got four running backs, CeeDee Lamb and Waller, and he's sitting there on the turn here in the 7-8. So, John, uh, who, you, who are you looking at here on these picks? Uh, it would tell me in this situation to go after wide receiver, but I'm always looking at best available when I make these picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that uh, Jahan Dotson might have a situation now with Terry McLaurin having an injury that might be out, uh, you know, a, a, a toe, a turf toe situation could be a couple weeks. They're talking four or five, something weeks, and, and we saw Dotson get peppered with the targets as soon as uh, McLaurin went out. So I'm going to go with Johan Dotson here. I think it's a kind of a – he fell right in my lap with a situation that might be four or five weeks of, of tons of targets for, for him. I know it's like a half PPR, but at the same time, it's also a situation where, uh, you know, if you could have half PPR but lead your team in targets, then you're in a good situation. So – I like Traylon Burks a lot, but I just – I don't know. You know, I, I hear – I know he had some injuries also. But I, I, I'm i contemplating here going with a quarterback because I could just see myself two more rounds going through and all the good quarterbacks would be gone. So I'm, I'm playing a game of chicken right now with quarterback situation, but I think it's okay for me to do that. Uh, hopefully – I'm not going to say names. I don't want you guys to steal them from me, but <laughs> I'm going to take David Montgomery here just because of the mm-hmm. fact that I think he's best available. And I think he's going to lead this team in touches, uh, especially goal line touches. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind having a couple players. I'm having too many running backs in my team for bye weeks, for injuries, for stuff like that. And I think Montgomery is a situation where he could honestly be the guy in Detroit, you know, mm-hmm. as far as early down backs are concerned. So I'm not yeah. worried about PPR. I'm worried about touches and he's got a lot of touches. Yeah, I I love Montgomery as a value. I I think that he'll he will see the goal line work. We've seen this team, you know, uh, give it designate a goal line back in Jamal Williams last year was crazy for fantasy. And as much as I do like Gibbs, and I do think he's going to have a lot of production. When you're talking about where Gibbs went at the 305 in this draft, and Montgomery going at the beginning of the eighth round, uh, that is just a wide wide margin. Um, so I, I like that pick there. It's going best player available, even though he's your running back five. Can't have enough of those guys. Um, and he must, John must really like Dave Montgomery because he took him ahead of Antonio Gibson, Don't do his it. son. Um, <laughs> so Gibson came off the board one spot after him. Um, but I'm sitting here now at the middle of the eighth round. Um, ADP is showing me Zach Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, Jamal Williams at the running back position. Wide receivers, yeah, it's Burks, Tony, Quentin Johnson. I'm, I'm out on receiver now. I'm glad that I took my three in a row. I don't really think there's anybody there that I'm super excited about. So I am going to go with Khalil Herbert to like him a ton this year. Talked about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think that he will be the lead back for this offense. We saw 55-45 split with him in Montgomery. Um, I, Roshan hasn't re- got enough work in the preseason for me to be worried about him. Uh, so I think Herbert's going to end up with a pretty nice low-end running back two value uh, in the eighth round. Um, and he's kind of that last guy for me as far as the running backs go that I feel good about starters. Um, so I like him there as my fourth running back. And round eight, Seth, over to you, man, for uh, two quick picks here. Yeah, so 
I hate you because Herbert. I I really like Khalil <laughs> Herbert. So uh, yeah, forget you. Um, <laughs> at this stage, uh, I have I have the running backs locked in. Uh, the starting running backs locked in, and I feel safe at wide receiver. So now is when I'm willing to start looking at higher upside picks. Uh, guys that, cause there are plenty of wide receivers that should be relatively solid, uh, but they don't offer a lot of ceiling. And at this point I want to, I want to try and find somebody that could be a difference maker. Um, and uh, man, I, I'm going to get flack for this, but uh, I am going to take, uh, I'm going to take Michael Thomas. <laughs> uh, you just can't quit him. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, the man was just a a unbelievably good wide receiver, and then he got injured and has dealt with injury for the last three years. That's terrible. Totally get that. I don't think his talent has gone away, or he's still going to be a really good receiver if he can stay healthy. And the fact that I have Lockett, Evans, and Waddle already, I don't need Thomas to be healthy the entire season. Um or if he's not, you know, if he can't stay healthy at all, that's fine. I can I can find someone else. But the potential of a former uh, top, you know, top ten wide receiver in the eighth round is just too good to pass up at this point. So I'm going to go with uh, Michael Thomas there. Um, and to follow that up, I'm going to uh, lock in what I think might be the last running back that has potential to be like a, at least a 50, 50 type situation uh, in the backfield. And and I'm going to go with uh, Brian Robinson on that. Um, Every, every other running back past that, it really just feels like uh, they're handcuffs at most. And Robinson was the last of that tier for me. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that game last night, but Brian Robinson looked pretty good. He caught a couple of passes. He, mm-hmm. you know, he made some things happen when he had the ball in his hand. He didn't fumble like uh, Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez did. So uh, he looked pretty good, actually. And that's coming from a Gibson truther, the right. the Gibson truther. So <laughs> uh, I do I do think that backfield will be a little bit split. Um, but uh, I think those are both good values to you know Gibson in round eight, Robinson at the beginning of round nine. I, I think those are definitely wor- dart throws worth taking. Um, I'm sitting here now. I was going to make a comment about maybe going Dak Prescott just to be a homer about it. And looking at the draft board, it's my team, team seven right behind me. And then McGlynn is the only teams that didn't have quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm always looking at my draft board for tight ends and quarterbacks just to see who doesn't have them. Can I punt, you know, can I kick the can another time around? And then of course, two damn auto drafters that have Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow took Tua and Prescott. And that's going to happen. And like when you're drafting with like, you know, industry type people or what have you, you know, usually it's like, hey, once they kind of take their guy, you know, they're kind of done looking right until you maybe get a little bit later. When you're talking about playing with your buddies from work that picked up a magazine on their way to the draft, stuff like this is going to happen. So for me, I'm looking at quarterback. I don't have mine yet. And there's already now, even though there's three teams that don't have one, you know, there's already 10 plus off the board already. I'm not going to do math here. Um, so I'm going to take Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, I think the Javante Williams story is awesome. I hope that he comes back and he's totally full strength. Um, but if he's not, I think P. Ryan is in, you know, he's, he's a Sean Payton offense running back uh, and sitting here in round nine. I'll just take a flyer. If I burn that pick to the ground, I'm okay um, doing it on a running back. So I'll go with P. Ryan here. Um, and then we'll kick it over to you, 
McGlynn as Richardson came off the board right after me. So now it's just you and me staring each other down without a QB, uh, and you got the turn. You're trying to goat me into taking a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I see what's going on here. You can't fool me. Uh, I don't mind this situation where all these quarterbacks are kind of the same. But, again, I'm going to go two rounds again before it's my turn to pick. So Mm -hmm. I do like Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins is slow and steady. Geno Smith had a great year last year. Uh, but I already have a tight end here, with, which I like a lot. I like the rushing ability. I think out of all these quarterbacks left, I think Daniel Jones is the one to go with in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got – if I can get that that stack with Darren Waller and and and, uh, and Jones, Daniel Jones, I think – And Barkley. And Barkley. Ultra all stack. All the dump-off <laughs> passes to the two guys. And those are going to be the leading target you mm-hmm. know, guys on this team. Probably the most – if there's talk about volumes on the Giants, it's going to be – those two guys, and, and I'm going to have the double, the double rushing because Barkley and Jones are pretty much only people touching the ball when it comes to rushing. Also on this team, so I'm okay with this. Uh, I, I, did, I was waiting on quarterback; it worked out in my favor. There's a lot, a lot of quarterback. I was kind of taking. I was, I was, I had Prescott as a stack also, but it, it worked out better. Where I think, and the bye week is going to hurt a lot, but Daniel Jones is a, it's a good pick for the rest of the season. Where, where is that? It doesn't say the bye weeks on here, but oh yeah. So it is one of those situations where I kind of lucked out with it with a quarterback, but I feel like I could have waited a little bit longer and still gotten like a, you know, a, a Kenny Pickett or a, uh, a Sam, How- you know, I don't know, Sam Howell or even like Aaron Rodgers. But I think I I, I didn't know what was going to happen here with these computers taking two two quarterbacks a piece. If they're going to take three a piece or whatever, that's why I hate doing mock drafts. Sometimes I find myself rat holing the same guys in some in some rounds, and weird stuff like this happens all the time. So. Uh, you know, I, I just can't trust that I, go, I have to go with best available, what I thought was a quarterback. So it is what it is. Uh, my next pick, uh, I, I kind of knew do need to fill the uh, wide receiver position here a little bit because I'm, I'm getting kind of deep. But it's a reach at this point in time. I'm not really sure who to go with. Uh, so I'm going to look and see if there's possible a situation where I can get a guy who's going to catch a lot of balls on this offense. And I think in, in Houston, I'm not sure there's a, anybody else on the team that's going to catch as much as Dalton Schultz will. So I know it's a tight end and, you know, I don't need to fill. I don't need to, A, it's the best, I think it's the best at this time in the draft to pick up a, 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 a tight end, but especially someone like Schultz who may lead this team in targets. I'll take that too. Alrighty. Uh, so Daniel Jones was the quarterback I was kind of looking at. John took him. Cousins goes right before me. So now I'm really just forget this quarterback position. Um, so I'm just going to go back to the wide receiver. Well, I am going to scroll a little bit down the list here because at the top, it says OBJ, Rashad Bateman, James Williams, Alan Lazard. I'm going to go down to Romeo Dubes, uh, and take the wide receiver one on the green Bay Packers in round 10. He was outpacing Christian Watson last year. Watson obviously has the big playability and that's why he was picked here in round five, but to get the, the other green Bay wide receiver, in round 10. I dig that. He's my ride receiver for Seth over to you. Yeah. So at this point in the draft, we're in round 10 going into round 11, the, the necessity to hold to ADP is a lot looser now. Like, like you just did Kyle, you, you know, it, it's no longer really a reach for dubs um, or any of these guys, because it's, yeah, they're, it's so replaceable, and a lot of these guys are going to be off your team in uh, the first couple of weeks anyway. So still looking for that that big upside. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to go with a uh, a 
completely huge upside pick, but uh, very low floor in Sky Moore uh, uh, for Kansas City. And then uh, on the turn, I'm going to pair that with uh, Darnell Mooney because I wanted some piece of the Chicago offense. Uh, and I think Mooney could be a sneaky, good wide receiver uh, three, maybe wide receiver two, depending on if this if, – if Fields goes, it is worth quarterback five. It, Mooney might be a good pick later in rounds, but I don't know if I believe that yet. I've been hurt before. <laughs> Uh, in round 11, I already have a stacked running back room with Eckler, Pollard, Aaron Jones, Herbert, and Piran. I feel good about that. So I, if I wasn't, if I was a little bit risky, if I had Kamara, like, you know, Seth had, maybe I would go with Raheem Mostert, who I really like as a late round, double-digit round guy. I think unless they get Jonathan Taylor, I think he's going to be the guy there. Achain is, is a little gadgety. Um, we saw Mostert get the edge over Jeff Wilson. So I would usually go with Mostert here. But since I feel really, really good about it, I'm going to go with the number one handcuff, Tyler Algier. Uh, I think that, you know, Bijan's obviously going to be a beast, but they run the ball so freaking much there. If that offense changes a bit and they and they go to lean on somebody else, uh, Bijan's kind of, you know, not not handling the workload at, down the stretch. I think Algier showed us a lot last year, uh, and I just love taking taking the ups, high upside pick here in round 11. So I'll kick it back to McGlynn here for the 11-12 turn. Boy, this is ugly over here for wide receivers. <laughs> uh, terrible. And as I, I was, I'm, I'm usually not an early running back guy. I'm, I'm a kind of a uh, zero RB kind of person. And my team worked out like, like you think that I just sit in my room and look at running back posters all day long. But yes. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that. But it worked out that way. So I don't, I don't really don't want to go nuts on a wide receiver here. But, but I, sheesh. Man, there yeah, you got, you yeah, got it's two. bad. You got you it got, is bad. You got, you got two. You got Lamb and Dotson to give. Like I took Dubs, and then after that, it was you know the Baltimore guys: Mooney, Jameson, Lazard, Thielen. Um, so I mean, those these are the kind of wide receivers that had just went. So John, yeah, it, it's with, definitely gross. Yeah, I'm gonna go with two guys that I like a lot here that you know I that I think are gonna have a lot of target. I'm gonna go Rondell Moore. He's a slow and steady guy. I like him. I like him. Uh, and then another one that's a little bit further down the line here. A lot of injuries on Denver this year. I think uh, Marvin Mims might be a guy who's gonna fill a big role in Denver. So I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of threw my rock, threw my locks, my chances, my lottery tickets on Rondell Moore and Marvin Mims. So I, I, I just think that that the Denver offense is going to run through that 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 Marvin Mims slot receiver position, and I'll take it. Yeah, I, I like taking a late round. Flyers on rookie wide receiver, especially if there's great value there. Mims is my preferred guy as well, but I'm going to go with Mingo um, here in round 12. I think that wide receiver room is wide open, for the Carolina Panthers. So uh, I, I do prefer DJ Chark as far as like straight up, I had to put my money on it. But as far as just upside here as my fifth wide receiver, uh, I'm good with Mingo in, uh, in round 12. Seth, back to you. Yeah, so now um, we just joked about how the – wide receiver room is bad. The running back room is pretty dry as well. Um, but I think there is one guy that stands out. He's a little bit further down the list, but I'm going to take Jalen Warren for Pittsburgh. Um, he's technically listed as the third running back on the depth chart right now, but depth charts are mostly just garbage uh, in the preseason. And I think Jalen Warren proved himself last season as a potential uh, good backup player like an Alexander Madison type. So uh, I think it's a good get for him in round 12. 
And now ugh, I have to think about tight end. So <laughs> it's uh. gross. It's gross. I hate it. Um, I out of sheer spite, uh, I'm going to take Dawson Knox. Everybody is just all up about Kincaid and the hit rate for rookie tight ends is exceedingly low. So I, I'm going to, for a round 13 tight end, I'm going to take a guy that's been pretty solid for the past few years, uh, not in the tight end, you know, the top tight end category, but he has been pretty solid top 10 uh, tight end in the past two years for uh, standard. And, uh, and in PPR, he was eighth in 2021 and 14 in 2022. So a little bit less than that, but I think uh, if Kincaid, Flops, Knox will be a really good pick in the 13th round. Alrighty. Uh, and yeah, same thing with the tight ends as it was with the quarterbacks before Seth made that pick. There was already three teams that had two tight ends. So again, not something you generally see in a normal league. Maybe with a mock, it's a it's happening a little bit more, but I've you know, you definitely see it out there when you're playing against guys that's like, oh, I got I need my backup guy. Um, so I'm gonna go with um Mm. I'm gonna go with Kenny Gainwell. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, that that sound you just heard was a snipe. Um, he, the hype is you know coming out of camp is not quieting down. There are a lot of mouths to feed there, um, but we saw Gainwell perform well down the stretch, and I like the news coming out of Philly right now. Um, and just for reference, Swift went where the hell did he go? Super early, right? Uh, I can't find him. He went, oh, he went around six, which actually is pretty reasonable for him. I've seen him go around five. I've even seen him around four um, in a couple of mocks I was watching, but round 13 here for Gainwell. McGlynn, over to you uh, with your last turn, not your last pick, but 13 14. What do you got? Yeah, I, man, that Gainwell pick would have looked real nice over here in this area. <laughs> yeah, you need running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these guys are going to get cut. I, 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 it is what it is, I think. But, um, man, I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of, like this, this whole wide receivers right now, everybody's in the same boat. There's not like one guy that sticks out to me that I could really use on this team that would improve my wide receiver situation. But I do think that the one guy that's going to have the most upside, if there's any kind of injury whatsoever, uh, will be Michael Gallup. So I'm going to take Michael Gallup here with my first pick just because I think he's a wide receiver that it, it just in case Cooks or Lamb get hurt, he's going to have a humongous role in the team. So, and then uh, upside-wise, I'm going to go with Keontae Ingram because of, just because of the fact mm-hmm. that if something happens there, there's nobody else on that team. They'll probably bring somebody in, but as of right now, Keontae Ingram is the guy that's set up to take all the the uh, the whole workload if there was an injury on this team. Yep, definitely. Ingram is one of those super late-round guys that I, I'm kind of just jotting down, making sure not to forget about. I like that pick a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm going to – and I got James Conner, so I figured that's just oh, uh, you know yeah. the handcuff just in case. So good call. I'm gonna go with um, I mean F quarterback. I just wait toward to the last round at this point. I'm just committed. I'm gonna go with an, uh, another running back that I think is just worth like your final pick. Um, if if you get a chance, I'm gonna go with uh, Jerome Ford. Uh, I think he is the white running back too. I know he's been injured, um, but them not bringing somebody in. I think also speaks that, you know, they really like them. We're willing to wait the injury out. It's not a major injury. Should be back. They're hoping by week one. Um, so I like him as the running back two there in Cleveland. Seth, over to you. 
All right. Um, I'm seeing. I saw Kareem Hunt go off of the board uh, in earlier in the round, and I was devastated once again because I thought that was going to be like a, yeah, it's you know, if he lands somewhere great, it's a good dice roll. So it, getting him in the 14th is is pretty solid. I w- uh, if I was able to do that, but I cannot. So I'm going to pivot to another guy that I can't get enough of, Alan Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this team would kick so much ass in like 2017. Like yes. Kamara, Evans, Thomas, Robinson. I mean, just watch out, world. This was a yep. dynasty team like five years ago. It'd be great. You'd be, be set for a while. Yes. Yep. Uh, and right. uh, bring us home for your last pick. Well, okay. Let's just continue that then and go with uh, Robert Woods. okay (laughs) all right uh i finally have to take a quarterback i made it all this way without one um for reference for those of you that want to do this strategy i think you're looking at Derek carr brock purdy uh and the guy i'm going to take is matthew stafford you'll know real damn quick whether he is uh you know usable or not you're streaming at this point anyway um i don't necessarily suggest waiting this long in the draft but um you know, if you do wait this long, I think that's who you're looking for as far as the very end of it. I don't. I wouldn't mind even Sam Howell. I'd throw him in there uh, as far as interesting to see if you get a little bit of rushing uh, from a quarterback. Uh, but, uh, McGlynn, you have the final pick, Mr. Irrelevant here. Who are you looking at? I This would be a situation where I usually take a backup running back, but I think I'm pretty stacked at running back on this team. And I usually go best available, but, I, you know, I, I feel like I just need to sock in a wide receiver here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go Van Jefferson. I think he's a player that could – walk into a pretty good role on this team this year. So on, mm-hmm. on the Rams, especially if they make it, if, if something happens to the Rams and they say, Hey man, we're building for the future and they get rid of, they trade Cooper cup or something like that. Jefferson would be a, a guy that would be have a humongous role just, just cause out of, out of necessity. So mm-hmm. my yeah. late guy. Dig it. Uh, all right. I'm going to run through my team real quick. Uh, get my own take and then I'll kick it to each of you um, as well. But what I want, uh, I'm going to give you both homework again, put you on the spot. Um, Seth, you hate tight ends, so I just want to know who your favorite quarterback is when we get to your team as far as the value goes. And McGlynn, when I get to you, I want to know your favorite tight end value um, across the board. Those should be easy to find. So I'll give you guys a minute because I'll go through my team here. Um, uh, oops, I had it pulled up over here. There we go. So um, at quarterback, I took Matthew Stafford. My running backs, I started with Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard um, in the first two rounds, uh, followed that up with Aaron Jones in round four, Cleo Herbert. Samaj P. Ryan, Tyler Algier, uh, Gainwell, and Ford. Uh, and then my wide receivers room is a little bit light, uh, but I started in round five with DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, then went De- Deontay Johnson, the three wide receivers in a row, Romeo Dubes, and uh, and Mingo, the rookie, uh, in round 12. So overall, I think I waited way too long on quarterback. So uh, I just find where your line is on that as far as advice I would give myself. Uh, I think Stafford is, is fine, I guess, if you completely punt the living crap out of it. Um, but one thing I don't like about this team is by taking Hawkinson in round three, I just shot my receiver room right in the foot. Um, I could have gotten Devonta Smith or Higgins um, there. They were, they were staring me down. Debo. Oh, what'd I say? Oh, Debo as well. Oh yeah. 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 He was, he went a few picks later. Medcalf even. Um, so taking Hawkinson there just was a, probably a little bit early when I, after seeing where the tight ends went, like Kittle went in round five Pitts in round six. So I just felt like that kind of hurt my team. So overall, I would I just know that I'm not going to use this strategy in real life. Um, I probably want to go a little bit earlier on wide receiver, wait on tight end, and then those middle running backs are awesome. So 
Um, Seth, I'll kick it to you because you had the second overall pick. Why don't you just kind of overall thoughts on your team and then your favorite quarterback value from the from the draft? Yeah, so the two three turn, I took Etienne and Waddle, and uh, I really just don't like this whole area uh, in terms of ADP. Uh, Jacobs and uh, and Devontae Adams are really the ones that I would have wanted in that spot, and it was very unlikely I was going to get them. So, I uh, like I wasn't happy with Etienne and Waddle there, but the other options weren't that much better, so I can live with it. Uh, what really is intriguing to me is I took Justin Herbert in the fourth round, um, and then Alvin Kamara right after that. I'm fine with the risk of Kamara based on what my team was built, shaping up to be, um, but taking Herbert at 4'11 uh, prevented me from taking other guys like Hopkins or Drake London or DJ Moore, and if I could have uh, done that and then had Waddle uh, let's say, you know, Hopkins, Lockett, and Evans, I would have felt very, very good about my wide receiver core and maybe pivoted to different running backs that were available a little bit later, um, like Khalil Herbert, like uh, like uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, so um, for for that, the I and the, the quarterback that I could have waited for that I think is the best value in the draft here is Aaron Rodgers in the 10th. Um, guys, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah, maybe he won't take the Jets to the Super Bowl like Tom Brady did, but he is just gonna he's gonna light it up with like nobody else. He's got the wide receivers to do it. Garrett Wilson uh, is going to be a star, and uh, they now have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall at running back position. Like there's a lot of talent around him to make things work, and he made things work without any talent in Green Bay, uh, minus Aaron Jones. But uh, it's. Yeah, I think people are sleeping on Rodgers way too much, and that's the best value possibly in the whole draft. All right, McGlynn, over to you. You went running back heavy, bro. So let's just give like, what's your thoughts on your team, and then who is your favorite tight end value overall? I did go running back heavy, but I was expecting to get CeeDee Lamb, and then when it came back around to me, I really was kind of hoping that uh, – where are we at here? I was really kind of hoping that instead of taking Johan Dotson here, that I was going to get Deontay Johnson or, or George Pickens or uh, Jordan Addison possibly. And those guys got to take right like three or four picks before four or five picks before me. So I'm like, damn it. I had to pivot to, to, to Johan Dotson here, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the Barkley. I'm pretty happy with Lamb. Waller, I'm definitely happy with. I didn't. I feel like if I didn't take Waller there, I would have been in a situation where I don't like Kittle. I'm not a big – Pitts, I love Pitts for Dynasty, but – I just think they're not going to get the volume that you, you need from a, from a tight end. And it, it's not a tight end premium, so mm-hmm. I, I, I look at Waller like the number one receiver on the Giants, not really a tight end. So, yeah, I uh, my I, I think getting getting Fryermuth at seven eight, I think is the best tight end value on this on this board right now mm-hmm. so far. I mean, but that, that's it's it's between him. We don't know how Kincaid's going to perform. But if Dalton Schultz really is the, the the number one receiver on this team, which I think he's going to be in Houston with a, with a, a rookie quarterback, as is Schultz being a security blanket here, I mean that could be the, at that ten oh one. I really didn't need a second tight end and a non tight end premium. I could have just streamed one, but I just kind of want to lock him up. I, it's definitely where you got fired with that, and where I got Schultz at are probably the two best at the tight end values here. Although I do agree with Seth about Dawson Knox. I know he's kind of yucked him up a little bit, but Dawson Knox. 
could be could be in a, this year could be in a, uh, the line for double digit touchdowns. And you hmm. you know a lot of people are mfing them, but if something does happen where Kincaid gets hurt or Kincaid doesn't pan out or whatever, Dawson Knox could be a steal in the thirteenth round right there. It's a good pick, Seth. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think Schultz is somebody that, like, going into the draft season, I was like, I'm not touching him. And then as I've seen where his value goes, when you look at the guys who went after him, Kincaid, Chig, Higby, Komet, Laporta, Dolchich, uh, you know, it's just you're looking at guys that aren't necessarily – haven't really done it, haven't really shown, you know, that they're going to have extreme volumes in their offenses. Uh, and, and Schultz could be pretty much polar opposite. He's been uh, a solid tight end starter for fantasy, and he's in a spot where he should see a lot of looks. So – uh, I think in round 10, I, I dig that a lot. He's he's definitely one of my few names that I've kind of penciled in as far as like, if I don't get my top, you know, four or five tight ends, here's a couple guys I'm looking at. So, um, all right, gentlemen, I like it. Um, if you follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8, I will post this uh, draft room. So if you want to take a look there, because we stopped reading picks all the way through, but if you want to see our teams and see how poorly mine looks with a third round TJ Hawkinson. All right. Uh, Well, it wouldn't be the fellas' way if we were not running a little bit long, but we can't give up the mock mock (laughs) draft. So screw it. Uh, McGlynn, you still good, man? Because we know you you got busy life. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. So the mock mock this week is fast food slash quick service restaurant. Is that I say that right, Seth? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Quick serve restaurant menu items. So we're not drafting the restaurants themselves, but we're drafting just items on their menu. So uh, I could take a Big Mac and Seth could take McDonald's fries. That's allowed in this. Now, uh, we're allowing quick serve restaurants like Subway or Chipotle or Panda Express, I guess. Restaurants that you can go in and out quickly that don't necessarily always have a drive through window. In addition to the traditional uh, quick uh, stop like drive through McDonald's, Burger King, those types of places. So anyway. If you're listening to this and you have, if you hear something you have not eaten before, you definitely need to go eat that because you have the greatest minds in food right here on this very podcast. Um, I didn't indubitably. I made sure not to say that in the beginning because then people would just skip past the fantasy stuff. But here we are. You made it. We're an hour and ten minutes in. Screw it. We're gonna do five rounds. We're gonna let Ooh, McGlynn, boy. We're gonna let McGlynn kick it off. Seth, I'll have you go second because we're gonna do the old clockwise on the screen thing. Um, as far it. as like McGlynn, Seth, me, but then we'll, we'll it will be a snakes. So we'll go back and forth. Um, so I'll have the one oh the one oh three and the two oh one. Uh, but I, I'll I'll keep us honest here. So, all right, John, you're kicking us off. Menu items, fast food, quick serve restaurant, menu items draft, and you're gonna kick it off with the one oh one. What you got? Not always the quickest restaurant in the world, but it does have really good food, and I think it's the most overlooked and underrated restaurant in the world. I've been a lot of places. I just went to, after the Cubs game this Saturday. I went to Oshawa and they had that, this this awesome hamburger place they talk about. I, I've been to tons and tons of all these hamburger places. What's the one that's in California that everybody beefs about? That uh, um, in and out, in and out, the most overrated hamburger in the history of hamburger. <laughs> so terrible. I think Portillo's double cheeseburger is the best of the best cheeseburgers on the face of the earth. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go my, my one is a Portillo's double cheeseburger. I, Portillo's is known for their beef, their hot dogs. Everything at Portillo's is pretty good, but I think the, the crown jewel of that restaurant is double cheeseburger for Portillo's with grilled onions, all that stuff on there, man. It is fa- it's huge. Mm. It's good. Mm. It's fantastic. I, I, I dig it. You're, you're talking our language here as local flavor, uh, Portillo. Even though they're making their way a little bit around uh, the country, but if you're in the Chicago area, Portillo's is definitely a must-stop. Um, so John takes a uh, Portillo's double cheese with a one-on-one 
Seth, over to you. Oh, lots of good options here. And I got to play the game a little bit because there are ones that I would take uh, that would possibly be left later on. Uh, I don't want to do the John Williams thing again, apparently. You got trashed for that. Uh, so in terms of overall best that's available here, like Portillo's Double Cheeseburger is really great. I will go with the Five Guys Burger. Uh, however, uh, because Portillo's isn't available, it'd be really tough to choose between the two. But I'll, I'll go with the Five Guys Burger, um, the Double Cheeseburger, obviously. Uh, and yeah, my I mean, order. I like it, that mine's probably a better value because mine's like seven dollars, and, and uh, Five Guys is like thirty-seven. So <laughs> yep, you know, yep. For the, for the price, it's better probably bang. Uh, but do you get any? No peanuts? question. Do you get any peanuts? That's the key I mean, thing. You get, you get a whole thing of peanuts you can eat while you I'm wait looking there. for peanuts. I want a double cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I dig it. So we got we got burgers back to back. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, like this place was doing it before it was cool. Now every place has their own stinking chicken sandwich, and I'm just gonna go with Old Faithful. I'm gonna go with the Chick Fil A spicy chicken sandwich. It's the best. Um, extra pickles as Seth would order it. Um, and how dare you, <laughs> how dare you, uh, little, little tip. Uh, if you get a side of spicy sriracha with that, oh man, it's the best. Just throw that on there with or without it's fine, but I, I, that's what I go with. Um, so spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A is my first pick here to wrap up round one. We're going to flip it to round two and I'm going to go, this is maybe a little bit of a reach. I'm not sure, but I don't care because I want it. It's got to be on my team. I'm going to go with, and McGlynn talked about overpriced. I kick myself every time I order this because I'm like, why the hell am I spending $5 on this? But it's so damn good. I'm going to go with the chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell. The Chipotle, <laughs> the Chipotle sauce is just so freaking good. Taco Bell hack, you can just get it on the side and just put on everything because it's Taco Bell is the same five ingredients anyway. But uh, chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell, I don't know why. And there's, there's like a 30% chance that the punk behind the counter like throws it in the little toaster thing for like five seconds and it's not really melted. I don't care. Uh, I'm going with uh, Taco Bell chicken quesadilla uh, at the 201. So there you go. Seth, back to you. What hidden gem did you leave yourself here? Uh, I'm going to go with the Chipotle bowl uh, here. And I'm going bowl over burrito because if you go in person, you can you can get them to put more stuff in the bowl than you could in a burrito. Uh, plus, I I'm a messy eater by uh, nature, and uh, a burrito is just it's the it's a nightmare. So at least when food falls off my face, it will go back into a bowl instead of just all over the place. But that's just my own thing. Yes, I definitely like being the drill sergeant burrito orderer at Chipotle. I don't let these kids skimp. Whenever they're like asking me, like, "Oh, what do you want?" I'm like, "Just give me as much cheese as you can without getting yourself in trouble." Like that's literally what I tell them. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. off the, the off the top of your head to put you in a spot, what is your burrito bowl order? Uh, brown rice, pinto bean steak, uh, sour cream, corn, cheese. If I'm feeling fancy, I'll put guac in there. But most of the it's time, extra. it's just that. Yeah, because the guac is extra. It's extra. <laughs> uh, so if right. I'm feeling fancy, I'll get the guac and chips and just kind of do a little both. But, uh, yeah. 
All right. Awesome. All right, McGlynn, uh, 203, and then you'll have the first pick of the third round as well. Um, what you got? Uh, this is generally speaking, it's more of a Lenten, like Lent kind of issue because uh, this is a fish. But if you ever went to Culver's and got the walleye and cheese ah. on there, mm-hmm. it is, it's my favorite time of year because I love it. It's only out for a couple months a year, and it's only out. I mean, it's like the Shamrock Shake as far as like one on ones of like shakes or any kind of like fish is concerned, but the walleye and you get cheese curds on the side at Culver's and you get the ice cream and all that stuff too. But I'm going to just stick with um, the walleye is my favorite seasonal menu. And if they had it all year round, I'd be there 12, at least 12 times a year to get walleye. But it, it is by far one of my favorites. I, I dig it. The Midwest flavor so far, Portillo's double cheese and a Culver's walleye sandwich. Uh, let's go, baby. Uh, I dig it. Third round, kick us off. Uh, the other thing is, I think I'm not going to say one restaurant. I guess I could say one restaurant, but like Nikki's is like kind of a local chain. But if you go around anywhere around the country, you really can't mess up a good gyro. If you get a good gyro with a cucumber sauce and grilled onions, some some uh, on good pita that's that's fried on the grill, the gyro sandwich is probably one of the best. Especially like if you're out drinking the night before, you need some greasy stuff to kind of sit your stomach. It is greasy. That is for it's, sure. You see, it's fantastic. I'm I'm a half Greek, half Irish guy. So the euros, a big fat euro, like the you get the whole family with the fries and the grilled onions and all that. The tons of cucumber sauce. A uh, euro plate is probably the, the the my probably one of my definitely go throughs after a good night of drinking. So uh, nice. everybody's got their favorite euro restaurant. That's probably I, I could say Nikki's is my favorite, but uh, anywhere's a go to. But a euro is my favorite sandwich. If you're ever in yeah, Rockford, good if, stuff. if you're ever in Rockford, Illinois, uh, and leave and, immediately. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> and you're stumbling around downtown Rockford, which is also a treat. Uh, Uncle Nick's, which is not in any way related to where John was talking about, but they have a Euro cheeseburger, Oof. and it's off the chain. And uh, you literally feel your life just dwindling away as you eat it. So no complaints, um, but so good. Uh, Seth, what up, bro? Three o two. Oh, this is tough because there's there's like five things I want to take here, and we'll, I'm getting we'll do honorable mentions at the end. Okay, because so, uh, there's going to be a lot of them, uh, and I'm getting hungrier by the second, so we're going to have to wrap this up quickly. Um, so, uh, all right, I'm going to go with the Wendy's spicy nuggets. Damn it! Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, I played the game correctly. Um, oh. So. Damn. Yeah, the spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the spicy chicken sandwich from Chipotle is great, but the spicy nuggets from Wendy's one are more accessible because Wendy's is everywhere. Uh, two uh, is has less of a kick than the Chick Fil A sandwich, and for a self admitted complete wuss when it comes to spice like myself, spicy chicken nuggets at Wendy's is like the height of like ooh. I'm, I'm going for it today. I'm going to feel the heat, um, which is why I take honey mustard with them, but you don't have to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. So uh, my hack, because I love spicy nuggets from Wendy's, uh, but I don't, they're so good. You don't need sauce. I mean, you can, it's fine. But I always then get the ranch with the spicy nuggets because if I ever get like a combo or a biggie bag or whatever, uh, fries in the ranch and I don't have to mm-hmm. pay an extra 25 cents to the kid working the drive-thru so he doesn't get fired handing me a you know an extra ranch sauce 
Um, all right. I like it. Spicy nugs. Damn. I was going to take it here on the turn. So you're throwing me off. All right. I'm going to go full tilt. I'm going to go with, um, oh man. All right. I'm going to go with, I'm going to stay with Wendy's actually. And I'm going to go with a, the breakfast baconator sandwich. Yeah. From Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. It yeah. is. Oh, McGlynn, come on! I'm the old, I'm the, I, listen, I weigh three hundred and sixty pounds, and I don't like bacon. I, I I'm oh. not a bacon fan. I don't know what it is. I, I just when I when I hear it, my son is like a, infatuated with the baconator, mm-hmm. and I just look at that sloppy ass, like waving the ring, drippy <laughs> bacon. It makes me want to puke. No thank you. Breakfast. It's bacon. not the highest quality bacon. I that is no. that is very very true. But if you if your Wendy local Wendy's has breakfast. It's it's worth it. Go get it. Um, and now, when Wendy's first started serving breakfast by me, like it was like a sandwich and a hash browns for like two bucks, and then they like they just hooked you, and then now everything's like five dollars anyway. So just go with the baconator. Um, all right, and then for the fourth, uh, first pick of the fourth round, yeah, man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the number thirteen original Italian sub from Jersey Mike's. Uh, Mike's way. If you want to live dangerously, um, I do it Mike's way with no tomato and jalapeno, but do what you want. Uh, Jersey Mike's my favorite sub sub spot. Uh, if you're looking for a cold sandwich, that's the place. So Italian sub for me, number 13, Jersey Mike's, you can find them everywhere. So they, they make the list. Seth. All right. You got two picks left, bro. You got four or five here. I know. I know. Um, yeah, that'll that'll come back. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stay with Wendy's and go with the Frosty oh. uh, because it there's a lot of good places around that have like good milkshakes and stuff like that. But in terms of availability, uh, because the Frosty machines don't go out nearly as much as the McDonald's ice cream machines, uh, so that's a big one up on them. And the chocolate Frosty is just so versatile. Because you can dip the fries in it, you can do you know whatever you want uh, with that or the vanilla ones. So uh, yeah, Winnie's Frosty, solid. Plus you can it, they usually do like if you pay two bucks, you get a free mini Frosty for an entire year if you uh, if you remember that you have it when you order it. I have I have cheated them out of so much money <laughs> in previous years with that thing. Oh man, that's great. What did you do? So like at the there's a little uh, like don't there's a charity that they donate to or whatever you buy a little key tag and it gives you a free mini frosty whenever you order anything. Uh, so you can just keep going. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they might they might uh, argue with you on that one, but you go in like I'll get nuggets and free mini frosty. Go back ten minutes later, I'll get a you know a baconator free mini frosty. You just keep going and going. Uh, I haven't done that at all, never. Um, yeah, because I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Self-admitting, I love it. Uh, yes. All right. Wendy's All right. So that's where I'm at. Here. That's uh, they've been. It's been. They are the best in terms uh, of the big three. Three of the last four picks have been Wendy's items. So, uh, McGlynn will kick it back to you to wrap wrap up round four and then to kick off the final round and round five on the turn here. So back to back for you, my friend. I don't know if this is cheating or not. So I'm. I'm I'll, I'll put it out there to see. It's more of a sit-down restaurant thing, but you can get it to go also. The shrimp at Hooters. I don't know if you guys ever had it before. Is that considered okay, or should I move on to something else? You know uh, what? Why not? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I'm just never mind. I should say that. Go ahead. <laughs> the shrimp at Hooters. 
I, I, I mean, we go there to eat all the time. We go in to eat all because everything's better when you sit down and eat at a restaurant like that. But Hooters definitely has a to-go menu. If that's not allowed, let's just, I just want to add, I, maybe you should have been an honorable mention thing or something like that. But uh, you go there for wings, you get definitely the shrimp as, as an appetizer. Just get, I like my my wings like TMI from Hooters. If, if Hooters had Buffalo Wild Wings sauce on their wings, they'd be absolutely perfect. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of Hooters sauce, but their wings are so much better than other places. Minus Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo Wings and Rings downtown, and uh, they have a couple locations, but their they're, they're stuff's absolutely phenomenal. But shrimp at Hooters is fantastic. And if I'm going to come back around, I'm going to say that the uh, – if you ever had White Castle before, and if we're talking about breakfast sandwiches, the sausage and cheese, Sam, my wife gets these, like the big, the bacon ones. I don't you know that's people like bacon are – gross but <laughs> but the sausage egg and cheese breakfast sandwich it's on a slider bun they crack an egg right in front of you they make a fresh egg put sausage on there with some cheese it is my favorite breakfast sandwich by far so the white if you ever there's white castles everywhere now across the country they're in vegas they're in california they're in florida they're everywhere try a white castle breakfast you never had it before all right there you go white white castle makes an appearance i, I i'll be honest i didn't have that uh as uh on my list but i dig it Seth, last pick. They've bro. come the they've come a long way since the Harold and Kumar days. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of good honorable mentions, but I'm gonna take this one uh, because it's in uh, in terms of versatility, it's the best for any sort of gathering, or if you just feel like a pig that evening. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Little Caesars Hot and Ready. Mm, damn. Yeah, uh, because it, I asked deliberately before the before the show if uh, if pizza places would You're count because <laughs> because uh, yeah, the hot and ready is dope. Five dollars for a large pizza, one time like pepperoni. It's perfect. You pick up seven of those and you got yourself a party, uh, and then you can pick up seven more and invite people over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're a uh, jerk. I'm pretty sure your exact words are the probably like, whoa, do, do pizza places count? You know, like Pizza Hut or something. So I'm like, all right, good. I got to say, I'm, my little season is safe. You didn't mention it. And then from the top <laughs> rope, this asshole comes through here, steals my hot and ready pizza. Boom. Wow. It's like the Undertaker coming out. Wow. I'm actually pissed at you looking at this because <laughs> you stole a lot of my, my top ones. Um, all right, I'll wrap it up. Final pick, and then we'll do honorable mentions around the horn here. Um, well, yeah, just damn. I'm gonna go with a the original doesn't have you know nothing on it. Nothing original glazed donut from Krispy Kreme. Oh yeah, that was another one I was thinking of. <laughs> the Glen gives me the thumbs down. He hates all my picks. Um, just slap a piece of bacon on that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the you get you can't get them from like the grocery store. Like I don't dig that. Like you got to get it from a Krispy Kreme, which now is like impossible. Uh, to do around here, but when you travel out into the great nation that we live in, there are a crap ton of Krispy Kremes, and the glazed ones are the best. You could eat the whole dozen and not even realize that they're so so. You have to get a dozen for home, and then a dozen to eat on the way home. <laughs> yes, yes, on your ride home. Yes, that's yeah, oh, dude, it, that's so good. So, um, all right, so I'll do a quick recap, and then I want your guys' honorable mentions because I got a few or a bunch. Um, so McGlynn went with Portillo's double cheeseburger. 
Uh, the Culver's walleye. Is that a fish sandwich? You said it's a, it's a whole plate. It's a, oh, okay. It's a, plate. All right. It's a whole plate of wonderfulness. Nice. Uh, you go one with euros, which I, I dig it. Um, that one I did on my list. I like that one. So he's got uh, Portillo's double cheese, Culver's walleye, euros, Hooters shrimp, and then the sausage, egg and cheese breakfast sandwich slider from White Castle. Seth, this SOB went with five guys <laughs> burger burrito bowl from Chipotle. There's my first fu. Um, spicy Wendy's nuggets. That's another one. Wendy's frosty. And then he goes with the $5 hot and ready. F you good, sir. Um, and then for me, I went, um, uh, spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell breakfast baconator from Wendy's, uh, number 13 from Jersey Mike's Italian sub and the glazed donut from Krispy Kreme. There you have it. Hit us up. Let us know who you think won that bad boy. I'm hungry as hell right now. Um, But Glenn, bro, honorable mentions. What did you have here that didn't make it? Um, uh, How much time do we got? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We got another hour and a half. Don't worry. All right. Perfect. (laughs) I don't know if you got – I've been in construction my whole life, so I've always had – you run downstairs, and I don't know if you guys know what a roach coach is, but, like, it's the – the truck that pulls up on a construction job. It's a silver truck. It's all heated. Open it up. They got, you know, pizza and sausages and beef sandwiches, all that kind of stuff. The pizza puff on a Roach Coach is my, no matter what, they all taste the same. They're all fantastic. So Roach Coach pizza puff is definitely something on my, on my, on my, uh, my, t- it's a go-to. Every time I see a, a I'll pull over sometimes when I'm not even, and just go get like three uh, pizza puffs from Roach Coach. White Castle chicken with cheese sandwiches, something that not the chicken ring with cheese, the chicken breast with cheese sandwich is on my thing. The Wendy's, uh, Wendy's making an appearance again in my honorable mention. The triple stack hamburger is fantastic from Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, chimichangas from a lot of Mexican joints are, are, are really good. I like steak tacos, the steak taco dinner, but <coughs> on the run, get a chimichanga. It's a deep fried burrito with, uh, you know, steak and cheese, almost all the good stuff in there. Uh, I t- There's a place on 63rd and Sac- Sacramento called the Arcos, they have these calzones. It is it, there to go. So you call them ahead, you go pick them up. It's a whole pizza, like folded in half. It's literally twice the size of a football almost. We get them watch, watch on Sunday afternoon, watch football. It's sausage. I like to get roast beef, sausage, green peppers, and on this pizza. So it tastes like a big, like a, a big combo sandwich, like a beef, mm. beef and cheese combo or beef and sausage combo. That's my go to for that one. Uh, let's see. Tony's God beef. bless America. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Tony's beef. Nowhere else in the world are you doing stuff like this. Seventeenth <laughs> and Pulaski. I, I worked there in high school. My parents loved it because I go right for football football practice. Work there. I walk in the door and make a, a humongous ass shake and three chili cheese dogs. And my my family would be like, "Hey, make this, that, and the other." I probably saved them ten thousand dollars working at this fast food <laughs> joint, and it's probably the best place in the south side of Chicago. Seventeenth Pulaski. Tony's beef. The chili cheese dogs there. The beef is phenomenal there. The hamburgers are phenomenal there. But I like the chili they have there. It's like that they go to chili. And the Maxwell Street Polish they have there also, which grilled onions and mustard on there is absolutely phenomenal. So that's uh that rounds out my honorable mentions. Man, I'm hungry. Seth, what you got, man? I won't go through all of them because I know people need to do other things and I need to go eat. So uh but my 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 the one I was torn with at the end was the Krispy Kreme donut. Uh, so it was hot ready or Krispy Kreme, and I'm glad I chose the right one. But uh, yeah, Krispy Kreme is great. Uh, the Baconator, of course, 
from Wendy's is spectacular. Uh, just don't plan on doing anything afterwards. Um, I assume it's something like, you know, taking mushrooms. You just have to plan to not do anything for several hours uh, afterwards. <laughs> that too. That too. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Uh, the five layer beefy burrito and Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. Uh, I always get those two things together. Um, because they, it's just so good. Uh, the McGriddle is probably my go-to breakfast sandwich uh, in uh, anywhere. Uh, I do like McDonald's breakfast more, uh, mostly. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, the burger. This one's more of a, a like a nostalgia pick for me. But uh, after football games in high school, my buddies and I would go to the you know, the Burger King just down the street, and we would get rodeo cheeseburgers for a buck, uh, along with two crispy tacos. And I think they still have the crispy tacos because those are great uh, because they're just they're, they're not tacos. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're trash. That's what we can get two for a dollar. But uh, the rodeo cheeseburger is just it's a it's a small burger barbecue sauce and an onion ring and, and cheese. And that, and it was like a buck, buck 25 or something. And we were poor high school kids. So uh, it was great. So I'll, I'll uh, end with that one. Actually, no, I'll end with this one. The number 17 at Jimmy John's, the ultimate porker uh, has all of the meats that John would hate. Um, and uh, it's delicious. If you are in the mood for a quote unquote healthier option uh it's 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 not this one you should take one of the other ones on jimmy john's list but it's delicious they named a sandwich after you <laughs> after me no <laughs> uh, i know i know uh, I, 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 I actually think it's from porkins in star wars ah uh, r.i.p shout out to porkins uh fun fact for the fellows i tried to get porkins uh in a drop for the show for five years and Seth <laughs> wouldn't let me um, all right, so I'll super fast. Uh, I had the uh, double butter burger from Culver's, cheesy gordita mm. crunch from Taco Bell. Uh, I put Five Guys fries on here. You got to eat them at the at the store, but or at the restaurant. But um, I put <laughs> I put Arby's beef and cheddar, but you got to get it without the onion bun. But I still just love it. I don't know why. No, it's gross. Um, and then two that I, I don't know if most people would think of. Uh, one, because they don't think of this place as a fast food place, but definitely is. And that's an Auntie Anne's pretzel because, yep. my God, you walk through any mall in America and there they are. And then uh, I don't know why I love these so much, but I'm going to go with corn dog nuggets from A&W. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, it's just that and a root beer float and boom, happy as hell. Um, I now, have not thought about A&W for many years. Oh, nobody has. You got to travel 8,000 miles to go find one. But uh, if you ever yep. bump into one, um, I try. I wish I had gone to more fast food places like that. I love down south, like cookout. Seth introduced me to like Bojangles. Oh. Like, but I just don't go there enough to know the menu items. So if you're down south and you're yelling at me um, or any of us for not choosing those places, um, just a little shout out to you here at the end. Cookout is the truth. The problem is you can't take a single item on there because all of the items are like uh, shoved into one box for a dollar. <laughs> that you go to Cookout, it's only in the it's only in like the south, you know, southeastern part of the United States. And if you go there, you can get a cheeseburger meal and instead of fries for the side. Though you can get a corn dog, you can get chicken nuggets, you can get a quesadilla. All of those things are sides at cookout it's 
spectacular. It's it is it's so good. It is uh, oh. highly recommended. If you ever see one, you got to stop. Um, but uh, anyway, I just can't believe that you guys have Krispy Kreme on here when literally you can go to a, a real bakery that has actual donuts with awesome. Like if you ever been to, I mean, I don't even think of putting donuts on here, but a Weber's Bakery on Fifty Fifth and Narragansett, it is like biting into awesomeness. And it, 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 the thing is, it's like four dollars cheaper than Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme's like fourteen dollars a dozen now. It's ridiculous. I go to a bakery and get really actual great donuts for cheaper than that garbage Krispy Kreme. So, so well, I'll, Krispy Kreme has a drive-through window though. Yeah, so, and Dunkin' Donuts is the only other one that doesn't have that has that. And Dunkin' Donuts donuts are kind of trash. I I definitely there is my favorite. Like when I moved out here, I live in Yorkville now. Wave. So I'm like, but if I go to this donut shop called the Donut Emporium, yep. Uh, in Plano or Sandwich or some shit, it takes me like tw- it takes me like ten minutes to get there. It's attached to a gas station, and it's the best freaking donuts ever. Um, like uh, vanilla, like cream filled donuts are like my favorite. And when we moved to Illinois, you can never find them anywhere, but I can find them. Not anywhere. custard though. That's an no, important part. Not custard. custard. No vanilla cream. Yes, it's basically icing. Yeah, it's just icing inside the donut. <laughs> it is. It is icing. God bless America. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Well, I would honestly, we could have done an hour and a half show just talking about food. This probably could have gone another 10 rounds. Um, but this was a ton of fun. Um, hopefully some people find it helpful, whether it's a mock draft before their drafts coming up this weekend, or they're just looking for something to eat. So, um, you boys did not let me down. So this was a ton of fun. Um, John, I wonder what I wonder what G would have put on here, like from from Australia. Like you would have been like like roasted bat and shit like that, or like what kind of like- <laughs> fried dingo, <laughs> kangaroo, kangaroo poppers, <laughs> uh, just Vegemite sandwich on toast, you know, or whatever the hell. Yeah. Uh, they probably just deep fry the spiders out there. Oh, right, tarantulas on a bun. He is cursing at us right now. Uh, I he hope not, He's I, been I, cursing at us since we said the first thing, though. You yeah. fat Americans. <laughs> fat Americans. I, I hope he wasn't not, like up on a ladder uh, while he was listening to this because, <laughs> man, he. Yeah. Gonna, I'm, I'm definitely getting a fit. phone call now. Um, oh yeah, boy. Uh, but man, I love you, so, G. Love you. Yeah, so good, man. Um, John, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, this was a ton of fun, and uh, I'm glad that we made this work. Uh, you're a busy guy, so uh, thanks for squeezing us in here and, and hanging out for us with, for so long. Um, John McGlynn, 75. I'm Des Bryant. That, that's, uh, yes. Yeah, um, does Des Bryant get, like, royalties now? Because Elon's uh, just a weirdo? I don't know. I just saw Des Bryant at the Expo, like, uh, we go, what, two weeks ago now? He's oh, nice. Super, super awesome guy. Super, you guys made time for everybody. I, I talked to him for a minute. I totally forgot to get a picture. I walked away. I'm like, oh. There's a line of 700 people here to take a picture with him. And I, I walked up, you know, just asked him about his product that he was selling there. And I totally forgot to get a picture. So, like, I, I did, ass. did he, uh, I, I didn't get to go to the expo this year. First time I haven't gone in three years. And then, of course, Des was there, which I, you know, I just had a comment. I couldn't go if I wanted to, but I, I wanted to. Um, I, was he, did he sign stuff at all? Or did you, I saw yeah. a ton of pictures? Yeah. Oh, man. He had a flag football team. Uh, yeah. he, had, he was, he was the quarterback actually, not a receiver on the flag football team. That's good. They, they <laughs> yeah. Up- that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be fair at all. All the players on his team were spectacular. Though. Like he, yeah. he, was, he was in real good shape still. He had a product he was trying to sell like almost like a futures market for uh, like NFL players, like a mm. stock market uh, to buy players with. Uh, and he was, 
I mean, he took pictures with everybody, signed everything, did anything you wanted to, man. The guy was super awesome to hang out with, man. It, it would have oh, been cool. you could you you could have walked out to him and did whatever, like I did, and just forgot to get a picture. And I wanted to have him say something for my son because my son calls his ex girlfriend Des Bryant, like because you, the ex, you know, like so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I totally forgot about that stuff. But anyway, you can find me at John McGlynn seventy five on on Des Bryant, and then um, we'll. Uh, I, I got the commissioner evaluation show. Uh, anytime you got a questions about your, any of your leagues, anything like that, you need anything kind of advice for. I love talking about the commissioner issues on my on my show on my podcast. Uh, I'm I on the uh, fan tracks site now. I use uh, Nick Scripps. Uh, YouTube machine, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> StreamYard. Uh, he's an awesome guy, my neighbor, my good dude. And uh, that's it, man. Just now I'm thinking about food all the time, and now I'm about to eat like a pig right now, and that's right up my alley. So thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate being part of the Fellows podcast here. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and, and definitely give John a follow. He is a much better Twitter follow than Seth and myself. Um, he actually posts stuff, and, uh, and he's very engaging. So definitely reach out. If you have any commission questions, he's the man to go to. Um, and as we wrap this thing up, one last honorable mention, shout out uh, the chicken finger basket, which is 17 pounds of chicken from George's in Canton, Ohio. The best damn oh. Um You got to love it, baby. George's! <laughs> I was there all weekend. I, I, man, I was going oh, my 17 shots of, of, of Orange Jameson for $32, and I would drink oh. like five. I probably had 23 shots of a whiskey at top of 14, 20 beers there. With like, I, I, these, there's like 17 poor chickens running around this world with no legs right now because I ate. <laughs> all the chicken legs and wings there was. Uh, I I missed seeing Des, but I definitely miss George's, and uh, I will have to go back one way. My or liver does not miss George's, but the rest of me does. <laughs> yeah, my wallet's cool with it. It, it was yeah, the best. Right. So, so all right for John, Seth, and myself. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Good luck in all your drafts. Seth and I will be back next week with the grand finale of the Fellas Reunion Tour. Until then, you guys take it easy. Right here. Yeah, I like the bar, like the ball season and all the things that go with it. They good, but too great. Exactly how we wanted to come in here and get it done. I love it, baby. One more what you want to do. One more what you want to do. This is the best job in the world. This is the best job in the world.